Hi, this is Dan. This podcast episode is one in a four-part series about sin, salvation, Holy Spirit, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This series will build your faith. If you haven't already done so, you can find me at YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep, and my website, RevivalNow.com. Thanks for listening to my podcast and sharing it with your friends. Remember, God's not mad. He loves you, and so do I. I'm going to wrap up this, what's become a series. This is part four of a series titled Sin, Salvation, Holy Spirit, and the Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it's really become very clear to me the, the longer that I minister. In fact, it's, it's really a lesson that I have had to learn and relearn over and over again, and that's this. You, you never, um, you're never finished laying the foundation of the faith. You're always laying the foundation. New people are being born again and coming into the kingdom. Uh, people who are already believers, uh, we need reminders. Uh, we, we can get off track very easily. There's a lot of uh, false doctrine floating around. Uh, we, we're influenced more than we realize, even myself influenced more than I realize by sort of the, the prevailing cultural Western, you know, American uh, gospel and, and church culture. And so being grounded in the Word of God is, is something that uh, you never attain a, a level in your spiritual growth and journey where continually being grounded in the foundation of the Word of God is not a priority. It's always a priority. And myself or anyone who neglects that always, always suffers. So I want to wrap up this, this series by sharing with you tonight um, 13 truths about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We've talked about sin, the problem of sin, the condition of sin, the remedy of sin being salvation, and how that functions in the earth, even the role of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in bringing salvation to man. And I, I might really even say bringing man to salvation. As the Father draws people to Him and the Spirit convicts of sin, there, there's, and, and Jesus is the, the sacrifice for our sins, we see the entirety of the Godhead functioning in the salvation of man. And we see the role of the Holy Spirit and how one, when you're born again, 
The Spirit of God comes in as a seal, as a witness that you are born again. It bears witness with your spirit that you're saved, you're adopted, you're in the family. But that is not the fullness of the Spirit. That's not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we, we, so we talked about that baptism last week, and if, if you missed it, please go back and catch uh, last Tuesday night's uh, podcast episode, not podcast, I'm sorry, but our live stream. It really covers looking at the key scriptures in the New Testament about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I just felt led, I just really wanted to, to follow that up and kind of wrap it up with these 13 truths about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you're joining us late, please say hello to us in the comments. Let us know where you're watching from. We like to celebrate that together with you. Amen. So let's start. Number one. First truth is this. It's not a promise, but it is the promise of the Father. And it's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit. And once I finish with the, the first two points of, of this lesson tonight, that'll be very clear. I want you to look with me at Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Hey, Carolyn. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for representing Tennessee with us. Somebody would type that in the comments. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. So this is Jesus, assembled together with them, commanding them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Like, this is critical. This is the thing that ushered in the church age that we are living in now. This was the thing. Of course, Holy Spirit's not a thing. It's a person. Holy Spirit coming in as the promise of the Father. This was the defining moment. It is the thing that separates Christians from any other. The promise of the Father, the defining thing that makes everything that Jesus spoke about to his disciples possible. The promise of the Father. Not a promise, not one of many, but the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not the baptizer. Holy Spirit is what you are baptized 
into and immersed in not many days from now. Number two, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I don't want to move too fast. Number two is Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.11 I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Thank you, Pastor Steve. He will. So this is John the Baptist speaking in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but, but he is coming after me. He who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's why it's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of Jesus. Jesus is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the promise of the Father is that you will be baptized with or in the Holy Ghost by Jesus himself. Number three, Holy Spirit gives life and power. Holy Spirit, that's why it's the crowning singular promise of the Father. This baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit gives life and power. Holy Spirit makes Jesus' promise possible. When he spoke to his disciples in John and said that you're going to do greater works than I have done because I go to the Father. How? Because of this immersion, this baptism, this overflowing of the very Spirit of God that every one of you will experience. Holy Spirit gives life and power. And that's always been a function of the Holy Spirit. We see it all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, in the very beginning, in the creation account. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God, the very creative essence of and presence of God in the creation account. Number four, outpourings were promised. There were signs throughout Scripture pointing to that great day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell. And those 120 believers were baptized in the Holy Ghost 
and fire. The prophet Isaiah, one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. In Isaiah 32, 15, God spoke through Isaiah saying, until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. It was pointing to a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. There are great prophetic words about this outpouring from the prophet Joel. He said in Joel 2.23, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. Get that? He will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Rain, water, fire, they've always been symbols of the Holy Spirit. Symbols of a great move of God. Symbols of a great outpouring and overflowing. And then in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, the, the great uh, prophecy that Peter quoted on the day of Pentecost as he was explaining to the crowd what they were experiencing and what they were seeing, he said, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Remember that. We're going to talk about that more a little bit later. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. That began on the day of Pentecost and has continued to this day. God is continuing to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. And I shouldn't say, like, all flesh. There, there's a condition. You have to repent and confess Jesus as your Savior. And you have to, to hunger and humble yourself and come before God. But when you do, He will pour out His Spirit on you, on all flesh. Hallelujah. So this great outpouring of, of which we're living in the days where it's available to us. And I just, I want that for every believer, first and foremost, because God wants that for every believer. And you and I need it in these days that we're living in to stay true, to stay faithful, and to move in power, to move in, in, in life and authority the way that God intends and the way the days that we're living in require of us, we must have that life and that power of the Holy Spirit poured out upon our flesh. Number five, Jesus himself handed down this promise from the Father. Jesus handed down this promise from the Father. He said in John 14, 
verses 15 through 17, and also in verse 26. I'm going to read John 14, verses 15 through 17, and verse 26. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's what Jesus was saying. You keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, one that will abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So though this this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit is upon all flesh, the world cannot receive it because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And this is the promise of the Father for you. If you're born again and you're trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior for your salvation, this outpouring this baptism in the Holy Ghost is for you. And then Jesus went on to say in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So Jesus himself handed down this promise from the Father. Number six, it was necessary for Jesus to depart so that the Holy Spirit could come. It was necessary for Jesus to depart so that Holy Spirit could come. John 16, verse 17. Then some of his disciples said among themselves, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me and because I go to the Father. So they didn't understand. This was a whole discussion that Jesus was having with his disciples. The necessity for him to depart. You could understand that in their eyes, they could not imagine, after everything that they had seen and experienced with Jesus, they couldn't imagine why it would be helpful, or as Jesus said, expedient, good, useful, for him to depart. But he knew that unless he departed, the Spirit couldn't come. It was necessary. For until Jesus departed and the Holy Spirit came, the the only place where the presence of God could be was where Jesus was. But once he went and the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers in the early church, now Wherever any of them went, the very presence and power and life of God would go. That is the kind of life and power that exists within you. When you speak, when you lay hands on the sick, wherever you go and wherever your feet touch, the Spirit, the power, the life of Almighty God is right there. That's why it was necessary for Jesus to depart so that the Holy Spirit could come 
and be all over the world, all over the earth, wherever the body of Christ resides. And I want to see the body of Christ rise up in power in these final days that we're living in. The world needs to know about a Savior. And they won't know unless we preach, unless we tell them, unless we share the good news. But they also need to see that word confirmed with signs and wonders and power. Hey, Pastor Alex, thanks for joining us from Tanzania, brother. Praying for you guys every day for the great soul-winning work that you're doing, my brother. Pastor Amanda, God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Anyone else that's just now jumping into the live stream, make sure you say hello to us in the comments and let us know where you're watching from. I'm sharing 13 truths about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it's going to connect directly with this million-soul mandate that God has placed upon me and that this ministry is built around and chasing and upon every one of you, those of you that are, that are watching live, those of you that even aren't watching, but maybe will watch the recording later, everyone who is um, making souls a priority and reaching out and making sure that you take as many people with you to heaven, this baptism in the Holy Spirit is absolutely critical, strategic, and vital for you. So let me share number seven with you. Peter identified the promise of the Spirit or the baptism in the Spirit with the gift of the Spirit. And the reason I want to make this point together with you is that these are all talking about the same thing. You can read Scripture under the illumination and revelation of Holy Spirit Himself. And you can see that the Spirit of God that was spoken of in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 in the creation account is the same Spirit that is the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit as the promise of the Spirit. And it's the same as the gift of the Spirit that's spoken of in the book of Acts. It's one and the same concept one and the same dynamic that's being spoken about. Because you will, you will hear people from time to time, false teachers, trying to drive a wedge in between there to get you to believe things like just because the, the Holy Spirit of God came into your life at salvation or at conversion, that that's the baptism and that's all you need. That's a lie. Or they'll try to tell you that, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not the gift of the Spirit that's being talked about. It is one and the same, and I'm going to illustrate that for you. Why am I doing that? Because I, want, I don't want you to have doubt and unbelief, but I want you to have faith in God's provision for you in Scripture. Because when you have faith in what God is revealing to you in Scripture, now you have faith to receive it and grab a hold of it and walk in it, and steward it in faith. So number seven, Peter identified the promise of the Spirit or the baptism in the Spirit with the gift of the Spirit. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Acts chapter 2, 
verses 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There it is. It's one and the same. This is on, at the day of Pentecost. Jesus is preaching the great Pentecost sermon. He's speaking to them about what he just experienced and what they saw, and he's telling them how to have that experience themselves. Repent, he said, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In other words, receive salvation. Be born again. And then he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So there it is. Jesus is telling them, or, or, or Peter is telling them, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he said in verse 39, this promise is to you, your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Hallelujah. That promise is for me, and that promise is for you. And it's for your children. It's for your, your, your physical children when they're born again. It's for all of your spiritual children, your grandchildren. It's for everyone who will receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. This baptism in the Holy Spirit was normal and expected for every believer in the New Testament. And it is for you and I today. Acts chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. Amen, Pastor Alex. And thank you, Pastor Wendy, for throwing the scripture in the comments. Appreciate you guys. Acts chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could withstand God? It's the gift of the Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2.38. And in Acts 11.17, God gave them the same gift as he gave us. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That is the gift of the Spirit that is available to you. Number eight, the promise is for all believers. The promise is for all believers. Remember, Joel 2.28, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And we already read it, but we'll read it again in Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here it is, verse 39. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as call on the Lord our God. 
There you have it. This is a promise for all believers, and it is available to you. We hear Peter speaking of it in Acts chapter 2, Joel speaking of it in Joel chapter 2. And we also see, and I won't take the time to read it in this live stream, but if you look in Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11, they both show that this gift was for the Gentile as well as for the Jew. All flesh to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off. That reaches down to me today and to all of my spiritual children and to my physical children that walk in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The promise is for all believers. It's not, it's not some special endowment for the super spiritual. It is what sets you apart and moves you to operate in the power of God. It will move you into a place of humility and hunger for God and so many more things, but I don't want to jump ahead. That's number eight, the promises for all believers. Number nine, with the baptism comes power for service. Remember, Holy Spirit is the source of life and power going all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 in the creation account. Amen, Pastor Wendy. And I'm counted in that number. Hallelujah. The, the, the baptism comes, brings power for service. Why? Because you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. The same spirit that hovered over the earth that brought creation, brought something out of nothing. That's the creation account. Out of nothing. It's one thing to make something out of something. I could take this piece of paper. I could make a paper airplane. It wouldn't be that great, but I could do it. I could make something out of this. There's any number of things that I could make out of this piece of paper. But only God, only the Holy Spirit could make something out of nothing. The only one that can do that. And that same power, just like the scripture says, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies unto life. And it resides in you when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 24 Verses 46 to 49. Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 49. Then he said to them, Jesus said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise, for, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Here it is, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It is the testimony of Scripture, bar none, that with the baptism comes power for service. And let me stop there for a moment. It's power for service unto the Lord. Period. It's not power for your personal enjoyment. You won't receive the fullness of power for your agenda. You won't receive the fullness of power so that you can have really cool spiritual experiences. It is power for service. It is power to be a witness unto Him. And it is the testimony of Scripture that with this baptism in the Holy Ghost, you will receive power for service. And you'll never know it until you step out in faith and serve in Jesus' name. And there are, the Bible is replete with Scripture, whether it's Isaiah 35 or Ephesians chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, John chapter 16, Acts chapter 2, Zechariah chapter 4. All through Scripture, you see that this power in the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for service unto God. Number 10, with the baptism, special gifts of the Spirit are frequently bestowed. Now, the gifts of the Spirit in the New Testament are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not going to uh, take time uh, to go and, and read through that, but, but if somebody would just put in the, in the comments, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and next to that, put gifts of the Spirit. And then anybody, anybody can go to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and see the nine gifts of the Spirit listed there. That's what we're talking about. Special, powerful gifts of the Spirit are frequently bestowed with the baptism. I'm going to illustrate that for you on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. In Acts chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. They were, what is that right there? Everyone heard them speak in their own language. That was a gift of the Spirit. That was tongues, the gift of tongues operating. So we see... In the Pentecost experience, that first of all, there was a manifestation of the Spirit in their lives, and then there was a gift of the Spirit operating, the gift of tongues. Two different things. When you're filled to overflowing, when you're baptized and immersed in the Holy Spirit, there's a bubbling up a manifestation of the Spirit that comes forth in tongues. But then there's also the gift of tongues that at a certain point began to operate. Because when Peter stood up and he preached that, that sermon on the day of Pentecost, everyone heard him in their own tongue. That was the gift of tongues, one of the, one of the gifts of the Spirit. So I'll continue reading. That's verse 6. Everyone heard him speak in their own language. 
Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these uh, who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language? So that's different. There was initially, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a manifestation of the Spirit when the Spirit bubbled up in those that the Holy Ghost fell on. And then there was a gift of tongues, which is a gift of the Spirit, that began to operate later. We hear each in our own language in which we were born. I'm not going to read all the names of all the different places they came from. We'll just pick it up in verse 11. They, they continued saying, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 6, Acts 19, 6, it says, When Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, they spoke with other tongues, and they prophesied. Prophecy is another gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's something that happens. That's something that you can expect. That's something that you can look for. With the baptism in the Holy Ghost, special gifts of the Spirit are frequently bestowed upon the believers. Hallelujah. I mean, the whole book of Acts is a commentary on this truth. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, it shows how these gifts were used to spread the gospel. Let me read that for you. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. God bless you guys in the comment section. Amen. If you're just joining us, say hello to us in the comments. And let us know where you're watching from. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, right? It was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. Verse 4. That's Hebrews 2, verses 3 and 4. Verse 4. God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own will. So there it is. God was bearing witness with the message of the gospel of peace. And He bore witness to the Word with signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own will. You can expect it. You can have faith for it. And you can believe for it. For you and for everyone. Even those, as the scripture says, afar off. Hallelujah. Number 11. Following the baptism, the fruit of the Spirit naturally spring forth. Now the fruit of the Spirit is listed in the New Testament in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's listed in Galatians chapter 5, in contrast with the works of the flesh in the previous verses. But in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And boy, does our world need more of that. I need more of that in my own life. I need more of that in my own home. 
and we need more of that in every sphere of our country and our world. Think we could use some more love in the streets? More love in the workplace? Joy? Peace? How about peace and patience and kindness in Washington, D.C.? How's that going to happen? Only through us. Christ is the head. We are his body. We are the ones that the baptism in the Holy Ghost is available to. And when that happens, the fruit of the Spirit will naturally, particularly as you cooperate with the Holy Ghost, will spring forth in your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, that's considered the great love chapter. It talks about the vast superiority of holy, divine love. How it's greater than any gift. Any gift of the Spirit, any power gift. We need it. Amen, Pastor Amanda. How... how Holy divine love shines out above tongues, above prophecy, above knowledge and faith, and any of the other gifts of the Spirit. These gifts all become unnecessary, and they therefore cease when the perfection comes, which is when Jesus comes again, when we move into eternity. But even in eternity... Though all these great gifts will cease, faith, hope, and love will abide forever. Forever. So don't let anyone tell you that the fruit of the Spirit is inferior to the gifts of the Spirit. They're both vital and necessary and they function together. And the fruit of the Spirit are not meant to control the Spirit. They're the fruit of the Spirit that brings self-control into your own life from the flesh as you move from a life in the flesh to a life in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Number 12. We're getting close, guys. And I know those of you that have been traveling with me in ministry for many years have been excited. You were probably first initially concerned when I said that there were 13 truths that I wanted to share with you. And then you probably got a little more excited when you saw how quickly I was moving through them. So here, we're already to number 12. I won't take long with this. Here it is. There are many names given to the Holy Spirit. Many names. In Ephesians 4.30, and you don't have to, you don't have to put all these in the comments. I'm going to roll through them quick. In Ephesians 4.30, he's called Holy Spirit of God. In Romans 8.9, he's called the Spirit of Christ. In John 14.17, he's called the Spirit of Truth. In John 14.16, he's called another Counselor. He is in Scripture. He is called our Guide in John 16.13, our Teacher 
in John 14, 26. Our reminder in John 14, 26. Our helper in Romans 8, 26. Our revealer in 1 Corinthians 2, 10. Our transformer in 2 Corinthians 3, 18. There are many names given to Holy Spirit. But it's all in the same. And don't let anyone tell you that any one of those names is a name for any, anyone other than Holy Spirit. Number 13. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Who's he? Jesus. I leave you with one of the first scriptures that I shared with you in this live stream. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Both fire and water are symbols of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Water purifies by washing. Fire purifies by consuming and refining. We see in the story of Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, how he was both purified and he was fired for service unto the Lord by a live coal taken from the altar. And laid to his lips. It is God's will. And plan. And most earnest desire. For your life. It is his provision. For you. That you would be baptized. In the Holy Ghost. And fire. And that your life. Will never. Be. The same. That baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire will carry you into your destiny. It'll cause you to go places, to say things, and to do things that you would never do in your own flesh, in your own strength, in your own mind. but with the very life and power of God residing in you, growing and building and consuming you with gifts and fruit and life and power. It is your birthright. It's your inheritance. And it all starts... With Paul's words, actually, in Acts chapter 19. Paul said to the Ephesians, Acts chapter 19, verse 2, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. So Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, 
saying to the, to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Number one, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you haven't, there's, there's, there's literally nothing more significant and more important than you could possibly do. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that right now. Whether you're listening to this live stream live, in person, or whether you're listening to it as a recording at a later date, you need to be saved. The Bible says... If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to lead you through a simple prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Repeat it out loud because Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Take step one with me right now. Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I admit that I've sinned. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sins to you. I repent. I turn from my sin. Please forgive my sin. And come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer out, well, out loud with me, I want you to do something for me. Go to our website at revivalnow.com. And right on the front page, there's a red button that says, I just got saved. Click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can, you can give me your contact information. And there's also some video resources that I prepared for you. I'd like you to fill out that contact information so that I can know who you are. You have my word that you won't go on a mailing list. You won't receive any solicitation. I just want to know who you are. I want to be able to pray for you by name. And I want to be able to send you things and be a resource to you in your new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you prayed that prayer out loud after me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, I say to, the, say to you that you are saved, you're born again, and you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. And I want to offer an invitation for you again and for anyone else that's listening, if you've not received the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire, you can, you can receive it by faith right now in the name of Jesus. Just turn your hands upward before God. All that's really required, like Jesus said, anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. 
if you're thirsty for more of God, if you're ready to, to humble yourself, to receive His fullness, then just come to Him and drink. And I want to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, be filled. I baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Filled. Fire. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. You're a good, good Father. We give you all the glory, Lord. Thank you for your presence. I feel it here and now, very strongly in the studio. I know you're moving in the hearts and minds and bodies of your people as they open up their mouth and give you a voice. Fill them to the full and bubble up to overflowing. I thank you, Father, for signs, miracles, gifts of your Spirit coming forth right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the manifestation of your Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you for fire that is literally carrying your people into your destiny for their lives. I thank you, Father, that this week, now, today, tomorrow, they're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to pray bold prayers, not prayers in hope, but prayers in faith for healing and revival now in Jesus' name, and it will come to pass. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that those listening and viewing this live stream right now will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I appreciate you hanging in there, in there with me through the live stream. I want to give anyone that desires to sow a seed uh, a financial seed uh, partnership into this ministry to be able to do that. So we'll throw some ways up on the screen that you can do that. You can go to our website, revivalnow.com forward slash invest now, and all of our giving platforms are available there to you. You can just follow the prompts to do so. But you can also just, from your phone, from your mobile device, you can text RNGIVE to 888-364-4483. Text RNGIVE to 888-364-4483. You can find us on Cash App. Just search for dollar sign RNGIVE. That's Cash App, dollar sign RNGIVE. We're also on PayPal at RNGIVE. That's PayPal at RNGIVE. If you'd like to give by check, you can make your check payable to Revival Now and send it to P.O. Box 411, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. That's Revival Now, P.O. Box 411, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. And I'll thank you in advance 
for partnering together with us. I thank you in advance for your prayers, for your support, for your belief in us, for standing with us. I thank you um, for your encouragement. Thank you guys for all you guys for your, your engagement and activity in the comment section tonight. I love each and every one of you. Appreciate you so much. Again, we're celebrating. We're getting really, we're so close to, to eclipsing the 10,000 soul mark that, that I can't wait. It's, it's coming. It, it could be here any day. We're that close. So we're celebrating that. And again, I just want, I want to remind you that you're, you're sowing your seed into good soil. And every soul, when you partner together with us, that comes into the kingdom through this ministry is credited to your account as well. So thank you, and God bless you. So let me pray for all of our viewers before we say goodnight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. You're a good, good Father. Thank you for our viewers. Thank you for our partners. Thank you for over 9,500 souls. When I started out in ministry, I never thought that it would be possible to see that many souls come into the kingdom through my ministry in just six months. But you've been so faithful to give us power and resources and strategies and incredible kingdom partnerships divine connections relationally with great people of God across this country and around the world. I ask for a fresh outpouring of your Spirit upon Tanzania, our brothers Alex and Ibrahim in, in Mwanza, our brothers and sisters in Pakistan, in Kenya, and here in Ohio, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Florida, thank you, Jesus. Pour out your spirit on all flesh. I thank you for the supply of their every need, and not just their need. I thank you that you are a God of overflow, abundance, and increase. And I know we'll see it right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for hanging in there with me through the live stream. I love you, and so from myself and everybody here in the studio and all of the Revival Now team, God bless you. We're praying for you. We believe in you, and we're looking forward to seeing you again this upcoming Thursday, 10 a.m. New York time, as we release our next live stream. God bless you.